Hello, and thank you for joining the Aaron Warner podcast on iCode Media. Today, I talked with a longtime high school friend of mine, David McKinnon, uh, who we are now a client of his Promethean One company. It's a network security, network infrastructure company um, that really was eye-opening to me when we started working with him. I think you're going to find the conversation very uh, interesting, uh, hopefully eye-opening for you as well. Uh, we don't talk about just the negative, but also a lot of the, a lot of the positive that comes with having a strong and good and, and well-positioned network. Um, we want to hear from you as well, so please join the conversation by leaving a comment, sharing with a friend, and of course leaving us a five-star review. Also be sure to support those who support us. Discovering the impact of Life Meter this year has been truly transformative for motivating my patients with macular de degeneration to embrace carotenoid supplements. With this non-invasive device, we can now quantitatively show that supplements are working. Life Meter assesses carotenoid concentration in the skin, reflecting fruit and vegetable intake, and indicating levels in other vital tissues like the retina and brain. Supported by over 30 peer-reviewed publications, Life Meter's accuracy, consistency, and effectiveness have been validated in 2,000 subjects of varying background. What's more, it offers the flexibility to prescribe the best-suited products for each patient. My patients love knowing their numbers and witnessing improvements in as little as a month. Better yet, compliance with carotenoid supplements has surged, doubling our sales of MacuHealth since the Life Meter's implementation. Awesome. Uh, really excited to uh, pull my uh, good friend David here. Uh, Dave, you're out um, somewhere on the back east, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Maine right now. Maine right now. And you went fishing today, so I'm here working hard and you were out fishing. That's right. Yeah, uh, tough life. <laughs> um, but happy to have you on. Thanks for making time. Uh, wanted to bring you on because you, uh, we've been friends since high school. And, but you reached out recently to me and uh, you've been a patient, supported the practice, and we appreciate that. But you reached out and said, uh, hey, let's talk about your network security. And I probably had a deer in the headlights look. And uh, then you, you showed me how not secure our network security was. And uh, in a very nice way, um, <laughs> which, I, which I appreciate. But I said, you know, if my head was in the sand and I thought we were doing good and everything that you've shown me, uh, it's a conversation that needs to happen. So before we dive into that, uh, give us a little bit of background, uh, who you are, how did we, how did we get to this point? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, my name is Dave McKinnon. I started a company about three years ago called Promethean One. And um, I did that after working 12 years for NBC Universal, uh, dealing with kind of mission critical IT technology and operations. Um, and I orig originally started the company as, as kind of a stopgap until I figured out, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and then it turned into something I really enjoyed doing. Uh, and the best part of what I get to do is, is working with companies like yours where, you know, I get to pick who I work with and I get to help companies kind of make the best technical decisions they can. Um, and I get to do it with a lot of different companies kind of at different stages. And so, uh, you know, I really enjoy that part of, of my job. Um, and like you were saying, like it's, it's, you can see kind of immediate, an immediate impact, right? Like you get to help somebody kind of strengthen their network or, or, you know, build their operations or technology. And it's like, you know, an immediate kind of, you see it, um, as opposed to working two or three years on a project, you know, at a bigger company. So, yeah. Oh, it was definitely immediate. And, uh, so when, when you 
proposed this to me, we we talked a little bit about what I had, and I I was really proud of myself because I hadn't gone the uh, the Home Depot or the Costco or the the Best Buy route. You know, I I, right. I had a, a local IT company that we were paying, and I I thought we were good. Systems seemed to be working, and uh, you started asking me questions that I didn't know the answer to. Uh, which scared me. And then you said, hey, I've got this box that I can just plug into your network, which sounded sci-fi. Right. Uh, but we did it. And uh, and within about 24 hours, you showed me all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So it, it's that box, we call it uh, Performance Plus box. But basically, it's just a little probe. We stick it on the network. Um, and it does some really cool stuff. It looks at the devices on the network. It looks at the network speed. It looks at kind of how it's functioning. But then it also looks at the, the individual devices and sees kind of which ones are secure, which ones are not secure, and which ones are kind of operating at you know, peak performance and which ones need some help. And so um, it gives us a really good snapshot to see you know, kind of all the, the characteristics of the network, but it also gives us the ability as we upgrade or make changes mm -hmm. to kind of see if those changes you know, uh, bear fruit in terms of, you know, pay dividends for, for what you're looking for. So, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, example you gave with your network, you know, the network was in good shape, but the technology was fairly old. Um, there were some, you know, I'd say insecure things that we needed to address. And then, you know, like a lot of practices in, in your position, you know, you've had kind of a, a managed service provider or an IT contractor on for an extended period of time. Um, you know, maybe you haven't made a lot of upgrades. There's some things that, you know, have just kind of gotten left behind. And so, you know, with, I think, probably a couple grand of investment, you know, kind of getting you guys up to that level of, um, you know, industry standard, I'd say, or best practice, yep. but also, you know, where I really like to invest and spend time and money is on the, how do we make your practice more bulletproof, right? Like, how do we get to a place where, you know, if you have an outage or you have an issue, it's easy for us to recover, um, but we can also prevent kind of the length of those outages, right? And keep you, you know, keep you functioning, keep your credit card machines working, keep your equipment yeah. running, keep your, you know, your systems working. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that was kind of the, the basis with which we went in. And then I think we discovered some stuff that was interesting, you know, just from, from my history where, you know, people kind of assume that the, you know, their EHR system or their, um, their other kind of peripheral, you know, medical tools are all very secure because there's a company that handles them and they're happy with that. And for the most part, they are. Um, but it's all the other systems that people don't think about. It's, you know, printers and phones and network, you know, wireless mm -hmm. access points, and like all this other stuff that, you know, you have patient information on, right? Like your guys's phone system, you know, you have names, numbers, you don't have, you know, medical information. But if somebody wanted to take that and call up your patients and say, hey, you owe us, you know, 5,200 bucks, give us a credit card, you know, they can ruin yeah. your brand with something like that. And so securing those devices is really, you know, important. Um, yeah. What's really highlighted a lot of, for, for me at least, it highlighted what I didn't know. And, uh, and it's hard to fix what you don't know. As a healthcare provider, as an eye doctor, I tell people they need to come in every year to get their eyes examined because you don't know what's right. there. And sometimes you may see a difference, you may feel a difference. But there's a lot of things that can happen inside the eye that it, by the time you as the patient notice it, it the problem's really bad. Right. And uh, so in, in, that's the comparison, at least in my mind, that, that I make. Because um, I thought we had a, you know, a good system and, and I knew it was old, but it was working. I think that's right. pretty common, right? If it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, I assumed that the, the team I had working, uh, the third party I had covering it, 
was was proactively doing everything, but I also recognize I sure I didn't know the right questions questions to ask them, and uh, so our expectations may not have been on the same page. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the eye exam analogy is good, just in terms of you know your job as a as a doctor is uh, you know to be an expert in that field, and I have a lot of uh, medical practices that I work with, and you know you're not an IT expert, right? That's what you're you're bringing me in for is kind of your part time CIO, right? To come in and say, you know, hey, here's your target list. Here are like the seven to ten things you want to think about, you know, either investing in and you know putting some time or energy towards. I mean. It, that's the the easy stuff. That's the low hanging fruit. The the stuff that also you know, I think makes a lot of sense in your guys's business is you know a lot of these I, IT contracts you have with like Cox or Spectrum or whoever, right? Where you know you've had it for ten years, you've just kind of been rolling services over and over and over, and you know it's very easy for me to walk in and look at that and say, okay, um, you know based on other businesses similar size you guys are overpaying you have services you might not need you know let's trim that stuff back and i think in your case we saved you guys a couple hundred bucks a month and like you know that's easy stuff right like it's just easy for me to reach out to cox or charter or spectrum or whoever and say you know these guys are overpaying or they don't need these services and so in a lot of ways you know i hope that my services are uh, a cost savings for the business right like and, it, and it's it's something that pays for itself whether it's in those kind of monthly costs or like you mentioned, you know, maybe we solve a problem now before it becomes a three or four day outage later, right. Where you can't operate because you know, your network's down or you have a ransomware attack or something like that, that, um, you know, disrupts your business for, uh, you know, an extended period of time. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an investment and, you know, I think, a lot of folks, uh, because it's in the cloud or because somebody else manages it, kind of assume that it's okay. Um, and you know what we do in a lot of cases is go in and just kind of point out where where things may not be okay, right? Where we need yep. to, you know, have some attention on it and you know keep an eye on it. So, yeah, which is exactly what we did for us, and it, it we certainly had a, a cost savings, uh, like you said, on our our internet. Um, I, I don't calculate the ROI just in cost savings, but in the the added benefit too. we you looked at our Wi-Fi network and we found areas that it wasn't as strong as it could be so we we well really we came in we put that box what did you call it the uh performance, performance plus box yeah performance it's my own plus little box. proprietary you know my my special mix of your special sauce um but nice. basically it's just a little probe right like a little network probe but um uh-huh. yeah that you monitor and you sent me reports. It was really impressive. I appreciated you walking me through that because as you pointed out multiple times, I am not an IT guy and, uh, which I don't claim to be. I can right, yeah. mostly, I'm not ins- an I can mostly right. install yeah. a printer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got my iPhone almost figured out, but the, uh, so we, we, we installed that. And then what I, what I liked is you, um, you were able to make a plan because we did invest, uh, some cash, but we've right. done it over, I think probably, you know, a year's time now. And, you know, working with me saying, hey, what do you want to do? Because you can you can get crazy. And I didn't want to get crazy. I just wanted to get functional sure. and efficient. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really about building that target list and then prioritizing it based on what, you know, you want and kind of what some of the high priority, you know, say security issues are. And so, you know, stuff like guest networks or, you know, having employee devices mixed in with corporate or, you know, practice devices um, you know, separating those out so that there wasn't kind of this potential overlap and potential security issues. Those are really important things, right? That's where, 
you can see a lot of medical practices get sideways where they're mixing a lot of these networks together or they're mixing a lot of these devices together and that you can just have a lot of problems you know when you do that but it's also about giving you a list of saying you know look here's you know five thousand dollars worth of investment you need to make you really only need to do you know say fifteen hundred dollars today or you know within the next month but you know over the next year or two like this is what you really need to invest in and i think um you know working with you or working with whoever you know is managing the practice it's really important to kind of get on the same page about what you're getting for that investment right so like in your case upgrading the wi-fi network you know we used a a prosumer brand Eero, right like i think you have it in your house i have it in my house and um you know is it what a managed service provider is going to recommend no and but the reason is is that it's it's the ios uh you know, version of, of Wi-Fi, it's easy to use. Is it really configurable and customizable? No, but you didn't need that. You needed simple and secure, right? And so, you know, for me, it's less about, um, you know, managed service provider is going to sell you, uh, uh, a network that they're going to be able to maintain for years. Right. And in my case, it's more about like you engage me for a short period of time, you know, here's kind of what you need. Here's how we keep an eye on it you know, let me know if you need help. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to keep billing you month after month after month for, you know, every corrective action we take and every little thing that has to happen. Um, it's not, in my mind, it's not an efficient way to do business. Um, and I think that's where, you know, delivering those services to to a practice like yours and saying, you know, here you have the control, right? Like you have the Euro yeah. on your phone. And if you want to go in there and turn things off or turn things on, you know, you can do that, right? And I think, that's where we're heading for a lot of these small and medium sized businesses is you don't need the full-time IT staff. You don't need the full-time managed service provider. You know, you need somebody to be there when things go bad and you need somebody to help you kind of organize things. But the, you know, the day in and day out setting up a printer, stuff like that, just, it does, it doesn't take what it did five, 10 years ago. Right. And so, um, you know, the service business has to change. And that's where I think, yep. um, you know, a, a lot of these managed service providers have unfortunately kind of, you know, languished in 10 or 15 year old models of how they, how they work with businesses like yours. Yeah, no, that we, we've definitely seen that. The, uh, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned, because it, it probably sounds simple to you and maybe some simple to those who are listening, but it wasn't for me. And that was the mixing of the networks. Because we had yeah. an office network and we had a guest network and it never in a million years crossed my mind. A couple of things. One, to have a, a, a network dedicated to the employees that was separate from the the network that all the, you know, the com- office, the computer diagnostic uh, computers were on. Um, I knew better than to have the the passwords for the computers sticky noted on the back of all right. the, the, <laughs> all the, the, you know, keypads. Um, and hopefully they haven't gotten put back on because we, we went through with uh, uh, PCS and, and you know made sure those were all removed. Um, but they all the employees knew what the passwords for the, the network were because they needed to get on. And right. uh, and then you came in and you said, no, this is, Aaron, you're being a knucklehead, right? You're not being smart. You're not being secure. Put all your your office stuff on, on one network that only you and maybe your office manager has a password for. Right. Um, and then you, we created an employee only network that had a cool little QR code that they, so they didn't know the password. They could just scan it, scan it to log on. And if I right. needed to, uh, to kick them off, I like had had full control and didn't have to totally. have everybody re-sign back in. Right. And then we had a, a, a separate 
guest network. Um, and the guest network, uh, I believe we set up so that we can, uh, or if we haven't yet, we're going to, where we can, you know, get a little bit of information of who's logging on so we can turn it into a marketing opportunity and, right. and reach back out or at least say something to the people logging in as opposed to just, hey, here's free, you know, free Wi-Fi. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's a couple different things with that. You don't want your medical and diagnostic devices and especially like your exam room computers and any diagnostic equipment on the same network as an employee's cell phone, iPad, laptop, right? That It's asking for trouble. Um, and it's asking for trouble in a couple different ways. You know, we spend a lot of time and money on securing systems and making sure that people don't get ransomware and have endpoint protection and all the rest of this stuff. But if someone can literally connect to your network with their personal laptop, accidentally download a virus and then infect your entire network, what's the point, right? So really what it is, is it's about building a moat around your critical infrastructure, right? So your diagnostic equipment, your exam room computers, it's really about saying, okay, we're going to put those behind, you know, a wall and a moat and, you know, alligators in the moat and like make it really secure. And then, you know, employees still need connectivity because, you know, they're employees and they have break time and they do whatever. So like, let's provide that, but let's do it on the periphery in a secure way that's separate from the kind of protected moat. And it allows you to do a couple cool things. One is inside the moat, we can start kind of locking things down, right? Because your diagnostic equipment doesn't need to go to amazon.com. It doesn't need to go to Google, right? It goes out to whoever the diagnostic provider is or whoever the EHR provider is and back and that's it, right? And so we can kind of like build those walls up really high and kind of fill in all the gaps and make it super secure. And with the employee side, we can kind of open up more of that freedom, but you can also limit things, right? You can go in there and say like, I don't want any Netflix. I don't want any whatever, right? So you can start kind of um, securing those those sides. And then with the guest network, you know, I've seen a lot of practices where they'll just provide like a, a guest network that has like open, you know, Wi-Fi access. And they assume that it's separate because it's a separate Wi-Fi name and password. And it's not, it's just on their network. I mean, I can't tell you how many doctor's offices I go into where you log onto the guest network and you're on the corporate network. You can see all the PCs, you can see all the examiner PCs and it's not hard, you know, it's very easy to have a tool on your iPhone that'll scan the network and tell you, you know, how many devices and what devices they are. And, you know, you don't have to have any special permissions or skills to do that. And so separating off that guest network side and, and providing kind of a very limited experience there <laughs> serves a couple different functions of, you know, keeping them out of the, the employees and the secure stuff. But then, like you said, you can, you can add in kind of the marketing opportunity or the, you know, Hey, give me your, you know, your name and your email so that I can reach out to you again, or, you know, you can have surveys, you can do all sorts of stuff, right. Before they get that access and kind of understand who your clients are and what they're doing. Um, but then you also have to be really careful that you, you're not providing your guests or your patients with an opportunity to accidentally put in PII or healthcare for information, you know, on that guest network. Right. And so, you know, you're ultimately liable for what happens on that guest network, regardless of what kind of splash page you put on there. And so making sure that, you know, we're not doing something, you know, too crazy for the, the guests is important. Um, anyway, so yeah, having those three different environments um, really helps to uh, kind of keep the world separate and keep things secure. And like you said, and if employee leaves, like, you don't have to go kick everybody off the Wi-Fi. You can just boot that employee or you can change the password and everybody scans a QR code and, you know, you're good to go, right? You don't, have to, 
yeah, you don't have to change all of your, you know, put all of your equipment back onto a different network. It's, you know, that's secure. And like you said, only you and your office manager may have that, that password. Um, yeah. So. Well, I wish I would have known that at home. My kids, uh, oh, a couple months ago, uh, we found they were up, up way too late at night playing on devices they're not supposed to have in their room. And uh, I got mad, changed the password on the, yeah. uh, the main Wi-Fi, um, <laughs> only to realize that everything in my house is connected to the right. network. Right. And, and so then you spent the, two weeks the, trying to figure it out and get it all reconnected. Yeah. Well, and I made it a super, super, super long password, and my kids may be listening to this. So I won't say what it is, but... It was, I was mad. So it, it, the password was, you know, directed at them and, yes. um, the, uh, everything from my Roomba, right. the little vacuuming to the thermostat, to every single TV, to every computer. I, I didn't right. realize how much I have that's connected. Um, nor at the office when, when you set up the, uh, on the arrows and then different networks and I look at it, uh, you know, my phone, everything is connected. Yeah. There's a lot of devices that connect through that. Yeah, I mean, and people are adding more, you know, I mean, you think about like security cameras, you know, ring cameras, mm -hmm. wise cameras, or, you know, thermostats, whatever, and that type of stuff, especially like the IoT devices, um, you don't want those on the same network as your diagnostic equipment or your exam room computers, right? They're, they're not, yep. you know, Nest thermostats and, and different, uh, you know, IoT devices have for the most part, very little security. And so there's been a lot of articles out there about them getting hacked and problems with them. And so like, okay, we're, we need them, right? They're important. You, like in your practice, like you have them as, as security cameras, like that's great. Let's put them off to the side and keep them on a separate network so that we can, um, you know, not expose the practice devices to those, those potentially unsecure uh, yeah. other devices. So, well, it makes complete sense. I mean, I've got a, shoot in my in my desk drawer alone i've got different cubbies for pens and staplers and and everything right. i don't need to mix it all together um, right. the only thing mixed together in our house is the lego bucket that has every lego ever made thrown in that giant bucket but right. uh but no I mean, it makes sense to separate and keep them all where they need to uh where they need to go well and i, I think the other piece of it is too like when you when you build the infrastructure that way and the the network right and the mm -hmm. systems behind it it as you add devices and as you make changes, it helps to kind of think about things in those three buckets too, right? Like for your non-technical office manager or, you know, anybody in the practice is, you know, okay, I'm, I'm adding this to the corporate network. Oh my God, that's the castle with really secure stuff. I probably need to think about like, you know, is this device secure and am I logging into it correctly? And then, you know, okay, this is an employee device. So I'm not too concerned with it, right? Like it kind of it reinforces that mentality with your employees of, you know, this is like the super secure, you know, this is the stuff that make the practice makes the practice work. This is our cash register. Yeah. Don't mess with that. You know, here's the place where you can set up your laptop and stream Netflix or do whatever. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully so, nobody's yeah. streaming Netflix. You never Spotify. know. I mean, Spotify yeah. maybe, but no Netflix. Yeah. Lunch break. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, no, all, all very good. And then, um, and then what's been fun and, uh, and we're continuing to work on because now that we've got the, the security and the foundation built, um, actually just got in the fingerprint scanners that, uh, that we yeah. were talking about. And so now we're, we're looking at, at not only being more secure, but being more efficient. So the, our next goal is to, in each of the exam rooms, set up fingerprint scanners. So nobody has to log in separately or what we do right now is is really all use the same you know login yeah, yeah, and right. so you don't know who's logged in 
Um, right. But this way we have an individual, you know, scanner and it logs you into uh, the goals. It's going to log you into everything. So I know who's logging in. It's super secure and it's easy. I don't have to remember yeah. a super long password. Right. And so that, you know, in my mind, that's kind of the second step, right? Like once you get the infrastructure squared away and you get the systems as secure and redundant and resilient as you can, then it comes down to the people and the processes and how do you make sure that, um, you know, I can't tell you how many, I won't mention names, but how many doctor's offices where, you know, the, the individual docs computers never lock, right. Or, you know, they're always logged in and they're, they're ready to go. And, you know, I get it from an efficiency standpoint and maybe you're seeing, you know, 15, 20, 25 patients a day. And it's, you know, it's hard to go back and log in and remember different passwords and everything else, but to leave it completely unlocked is just a bad idea for a variety of reasons, right? You might have mm -hmm. patient information up there. You could have an, you know, ex employee or a, you know, aggrieved employee who does something bad, whatever that simple kind of badge reader, fingerprint scanner, whatever it's taking away that barrier to being secure. Right. So that the excuse isn't like, I can't enter the password. Okay. I get it. Like it takes time and it's hard to remember you're always carrying this around with you. You always have your badge on you, right? Like it's super easy yeah. to just run your, you know, your thumb down the thing or, or, or tap your badge and now you're in and now we can kind of lock those computers when you're, you know, you're not using them so that we make sure that, you know, they're, they're not being used for, for bad uh, purposes by an employee or somebody else. Um, anybody else. So, yeah. So talking about bad purposes, because I, I, I grew up with the, um, I'm trying to think of the names of the movies, but you know, where you had the super skilled hacker that could do stuff, yeah. Yeah. but it was that one super skilled hacker that was in a room and, and you know, mom's basement, uh, on steroids. How do what, what's that skill set? I don't have that skill set. I can't walk yeah. in and hack into anything. Uh, but what, how common is that now for somebody to be able to engage in, you know, nefarious activity? So it's funny it used to be, and I'd say that, that, that movie stereotype, I don't know if it was true at the time, but that, that was definitely, it was a smaller group of people and it was a very narrow skill set. Um, and it required a lot of time and energy. And now you can literally go on a bunch of different websites and download software that will let you do it yourself. Right. Like as a, as a, you know, a low skilled technical user, you know, you can go download tools that will let you, you know, break into Wi-Fi networks and crack passwords and do all sorts of other things. And so, you know, there's there's that component of, you know, it might be the 13-year-old kid who's, you know, bored and just wants to cause some trouble. What's what's happening more now, at least like according to like the threat intelligence and the FBI and CISA and stuff like that, is that it's really foreign actors, right? And they will blast out you know, whether it's a phishing email or whatever it is, you know, they'll send it out to a million different people, 10 million different people. And, and, you know, maybe they hit 1% or, you know, one half of 1%, but that's a huge number. And, and once they're in, um, it, it's not too hard. Once you're in a network or you're in a system, it's really not too hard because our lives are networked, networked and connected. It's not very hard to go scan the network and see what's unsecure, see what's open, you know, find different areas to attack. Um, and in a lot of cases, they're looking for information. You, you know, there is, in your kind of business, there's, there's really two threats that scare me, right? There's the ransomware threat where, you mm -hmm. know, somebody encrypts your, your files and says, I want a million dollars, you know, for the password to unencrypt them. Um, 
which takes down a ton of businesses, you know, every year, every day. Um, and then there's the, you know, I'm going to extract information. And you guys are very vulnerable to that only because you have a lot of very sensitive information, right? You have, you know, names, dates of birth, social security numbers in a lot of cases. Um, and yeah, that, you know, that's supposed to be in your EHR system and it's not supposed to be anywhere else, but you know, it could be as simple as I'm, you know, photocopying stuff or I'm printing stuff or I'm faxing stuff. And, you know, what is that fax machine or that printer? Does it store every image that's been scanned in it, right? Like, is it being stored on a shared drive or on a computer? So it's really about kind of attacking those things and making sure that there's no way for a bad actor to come in and extract that information. It's a huge hit. I mean, the companies that have been hit by, <clears throat> you know, ransomware, they definitely take a hit in terms of their operation. But the the folks who've had extraction operations run against them, it, it is a month, months to a years long uh, kind of recovery process because you're, wow. you know, you're notifying all your patients that their information has been compromised. You have to, you know, by law, provide them with, um, uh, um, what do they call it? The... Uh, Identity threat, theft protection. Yeah, right. Um, And then, you know, for a lot of these businesses, it's a huge reputational hit, right? Like nobody wants to go back to the, you know, Acme business if they just, you know, let my name, date of birth and social security number loose on the internet. Um, And so that, that extraction, that's where a lot of people get hurt for a really long time because it just takes forever to kind of recover from that. and that's where you guys are vulnerable, right? Those are the two pieces that that I think I, you know, in terms of like what keeps me up at night, those are the things that, that I I think about. Um, and how do we kind of make sure that you guys are locked down and protected enough to where, you know, they're, they're almost impossible and God forbid they do happen, we can recover quickly and, and kind of limit the damage to, you know, one system or one, one PC or whatever. So, yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, it's kind of a, a long... No, no, I think it, it absolutely makes sense. And it's, it's, you know, scary how easy that is. It's, uh, it doesn't cross my mind. So I'm glad you're thinking about it. Um, yeah, it shouldn't, right? Like your job is to fix my eyes. Um, not, not worry about how, you know, your patient's information and where it's going. I, I think going back to your like skill set and the, the black hat hacker behind the, you know, behind the, the, uh, in his basement, you know, but, uh, you know, taking down computers that doesn't happen anymore. It's either foreign actors for the most part, or it's, you know, I think the term they, they use a lot is like these juvenile, the juvenile delinquents who are basically like, you know, they're just poking around, right? They're, they're looking for ways to kind of cause mayhem or maybe make some money on the side. But those tools to do that, I mean, they are very, very easy to find. Um, so it was, it was you and I toilet papering houses when we were kids. And now, yeah, right. Now, and now, now today's kids are, kids are are yep. packing, you know, toilet, you know, virtually toilet papering. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're finding office, embarrassing. Yeah. They're finding embarrassing information or doing whatever. I mean, that's where it's, um, it's not hard to do and you can do it from anywhere. Uh, you know, it, it, depending on how your systems are secured, um, you know, you don't have to be in the same state country it could be anywhere. Right. Um, that's and that's, it, it's just really important to think about, you know, going back to that kind of castle and moat, um analogy right like it's really important to think about like what are we putting behind the the walls and how are we making sure that that nobody can get through you know that shouldn't get through um 
which is really important. So, well, let, let me ask you this because uh, you know we're a, a you know one point six million dollar revenue practice, so a a, you know, a, a strong you know a private practice, but there's there's companies that are worth you know ten twenty hundred times more than us. Are they gonna you know what what's the likelihood that I get targeted as opposed to a much bigger company? Are you seeing any they, difference? They're not. Yeah, it, it's funny you say that, right? So I mean, what I like about what I do is I'm basically bringing the best practices and the standards from that kind of NBC Universal Comcast level, you know, security and maturity to businesses of all sizes, right? And that's you know you don't have to pay the full time CIO or CTO to kind of get that level of security, but from a bad actor standpoint, they don't care. And frankly, they don't know, right? Like, are they going really? after, are they going after, you know, uh, GE and Ford and, you know, NBC universal and Comcast? Sure. And I mean, they're probably going after them harder by name, but realistically, like the, the scams that are sending out, say phishing emails or ransomware, there's no targeting to it, right? They don't know the company that they're going after. They're blasting it out to a million, 10 million, a hundred million people. And they're just they're just trying to catch whoever they can, right? And so once they catch you, you know the fact that you're in a small practice, you know you could be at your house, right? Like ransomware happens yeah. on people's home computers and home, you know, shared drives or whatever. And so, um, it, 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 to them, it's like fishing with a net, right? They're just trying to get whoever they can, and occasionally they catch, you know, a whale, and they're super happy about it. But they're also super happy about catching, you know, a thousand little fish too, right? And so, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to say like, well, no, you know, I'm I'm a relatively small business, and and therefore I don't need to worry about kind of having that the notoriety, you know, to be at risk. It's they don't care, right? I mean, and a lot of them are, you know, there's a, a bunch of scams now with the I think you and I talked about it with like the invoicing scams, right? Where people will send yeah. through invoices. And just hope they get paid. And it's like, they only need, you know, one, two, five percent of those to actually pay off to make it worth their while. And it's the same thing with phishing or with any ransomware is they're not, they're not, they're not, they're hoping to catch a CNN or a, you know, Ford or whatever. But realistically, they're catching a whole bunch of Warner optometries, right? And they're happy with that because they're either going to get social security numbers, dates of birth or whatever, or they're going to be able to get, you know, a hundred thousand dollars out of you for ransomware. Um, you know, not you obviously, cause you're, you're in yeah. great shape, but like no, pri you know, <laughs> pri prior to Promethean one. Yeah. Right. Prior to, prior to Promethean one. Um, I, but they're happy with getting those. And I, I deal with a lot of companies that are calling me after the fact. And then it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's very expensive to clean up those messes after the fact, um, it, it, it can be costly and it can, you know, it can put a lot of people at a, you know, if not out of business, then certainly in a couple years of, of really tough, uh, economic environment. So, yeah, well, I can appreciate that. I, I make more money off sick eyes or unhealthy eyes than I do off of, of healthy eyes. Right. And so, uh, it's, you know, the ones that, that listen to our advice, yeah, I, I feel they better say, and yeah. I make less money on them. And I'm, I'm happier because they're doing better. I did my job, but the ones that don't want to listen to me, I used to get offended, but now I, I don't. It's their choice, and you know, I end up making yeah. more. I mean, I, they'll probably not watch this, but I, I had a client who I gave a lot of <laughs> tell stories here, but 
Uh, I gave yeah. some advice too, and they said, you know, I don't want to spend. It was like a ten thousand dollar investment over like two or three years to, and it wasn't. I wasn't reselling him stuff. It was just like, hey, you need to update this stuff over the next, you know, two or three years, and uh, you know, it's too much money. Ten thousand dollars is a lot of money, and you know, I was trying to break it into a point of kind of like we did, where it's like prioritized and you know, get him in a, a mm-hmm. good good place, and you know, they kind of gave me the thanks, but no thanks. And then six months later, they called me back, and they'd had a penetration. And they'd had some extraction done where people had, had stolen some stuff. And, you know, it was like, hey, I need this done immediately. And I need it done, like, in the next two weeks. And at that point, when I'm, you know, for my business, when I'm bringing in, you know, employees or I'm bringing in other contractors or I'm trying to, you know, do something last minute, yeah, it's, it's expensive. And it's also, you know, you think about for that business owner, they're dumping all of that money in immediately. Um, and they don't mm-hmm. have, you know, they're fighting off whatever the after effects are of the, the breach, but then also like having to shore things up all at once. Um, and it was brutal. It was very expensive. And, you know, I think, <clears throat> you know, if they had it to do over again, they would have spent the $10,000 and, and kind of updated their systems. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of that happens where it's the last minute, you know, oh, my God, something bad happened and we need to get it fixed which I'm yep. sure happens in your, your business all the time. Right. So all the time, I, uh, yeah. uh, all the time, the, um, yeah, our, my favorite phone calls are the Friday night or first thing yeah. Saturday morning. I'm leaving on a trip and my glass is broken. I have no more contacts. Yeah. It's, uh, it, sometimes I can't get them to them in time. Um, I know you, ha- I think you've had a conversation with uh, a good friend of mine, Joe Deloach. Uh, he owns uh, practice compliance solutions. So he's, uh, Yep. Not on the, the, the network security side, but everything else compliance. Right. And, um, uh, and I don't think you've met my other good friend, uh, Ali Aramshian, who works specifically on the HR compliance side. But it's really scary to see how many of us and how many small business owners, maybe even large business owners, but certainly small business owners, have the uh, one of two strategies. It's the um, hope and pray. I hope and pray nothing happens yeah. strategy. and uh, Or the... Um, the going to bury my head in the sand and just, if I don't see it, it's not there. Right. Um, and, uh, maybe I should rename that the, uh, the monster strategy as a kid, right? If you pull the covers yeah. up over your face, right. the, the yeah. monster disappears cause you can't see it. Don't put your and, hand over um, the side of the bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which my wife is still afraid of, uh, <laughs> the, the monsters under the bed. Yeah. It's yeah. that big jump yeah. when she gets off in the morning. Right. Hopefully she's not listening. The, <laughs> uh, um, but the, the really frustrating thing for me and I'm in a role, um, in vision source where I get lots of, of phone calls from practices when bad things happen, right? They're not going to put it out to, to the whole network cause it's embarrassing and it's, of it's yeah, horrible. So I, I get a lot of those calls and, and I wish we could publicize more of those so that we knew that hope and pray doesn't work. Right. Um, and, and certainly burying your head in the sand doesn't work. What are some of the, the, the stories that, that you've dealt with small business that really are just, you know, there's crazy ones or I'm sure there's things that we'll never be able to avoid, but what are the common ones where you guys, you're just like, guys, this would have, you know, an ounce of prevention would have, would have helped this a ton. Yeah. I mean, typically I see a lot of like disgruntled employees causing problems. Um, and, and this comes down to, you know, sharing passwords, having one common password and kind of giving everybody the keys to the castle. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a big vulnerability, um, when, especially when you pay all that money for that EHR system or for these other kind of cloud-based tools to then kind of hand out, you know, 
to everyone uh, the ability to get into them. That's it's just very dangerous, and I've seen a lot of um, a lot of issues kind of come out of that. But it's the the ones that drive me, I'd say the craziest are the ones that don't cost a lot of money or any money at all. They're the operational things, right? Like you mentioned, like the password on the back of the sticky note on the monitor on the back of the mouse pad, you know, those are things that are, they're, they're difficult kind of change management things. And especially for doctors, I think there's, there's always a, you know, a buddy of mine um, is a client out in Phoenix and uh, you know, he's, he's an orthopedic surgeon, great guy great at what he does he's not an it guy but um you know you keep reminding us that we're not it people yeah i know yeah it's well (laughs) i i think it's funny because for me it's it's like hey let me worry about that for you right like you do you do you you do the eyes you do the orthopedic surgeon you're great at that stuff i got the rest of it and then you don't have to worry about it and for him i think you know there's, I, I, there was in the, in their practice kind of this, oh, well, we don't want to ask the doctors to do that. Or we don't want to ask the front desk folks to do that. Or we don't want, you know, we don't want to burden anybody and kind of getting everybody together and just saying like, look, if we share passwords or if we post all this stuff everywhere, then, you know, something bad is going to happen and it's really going to hurt the practice. Like once we got it, we started talking to everybody, nobody was really that concerned over it. Right. It comes down to like the fingerprint or the, the badge thing. It's, it's the, it's scary in the head and it's kind of scary about like, well, we don't want to burden the doctors with that. We don't want to slow them down. And, and once we kind of take away the fear factor of like, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. We can, you know, we can come up with some ways to make this easy. Um, the adoption goes up and then obviously you're more secure. And so, you know, I, I've run into a bunch of that where there's just this, um, fear of change or whatever you want to call it, but just the, you know, I don't want to force somebody else to do this or I'm worried about them slowing down or, you know, it's hard to hire and recruit and retain people. And so we don't want to make their jobs harder. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's not about making their jobs harder or changing things. I mean, in some cases it it can be, but really it's about just saying like, Hey, there's a better way to do this. Right. Like, you know, one practice or, uh, yeah, one office that I, I had about a year, year and a half ago, their finance person was downloading all of their financial information from their HR system, not realizing that on the other tabs was all the patient information, right? And and diff- just different yep. pieces in there. And so she was getting what she needed out of the kind of summary sheets and, and some of the, the nitty gritty detail that she needed to do reconciliation and some other things without realizing that as she was saving this stuff, there was all this other information out there. And so we ran a scan to basically look for you know, the, the syntax or the organization of like a social security number. And it was everywhere, right. It was all over their, their shared file system. And it was because of this, you know, um, you know, kind of unknown or this, this process change of just, Hey, when you download it, instead of clicking, like select all data, you know, let's just get the financial info. That's all you need, right? Like you don't need all this patient information. You don't need all this, um, you know, this other information. Um, and just kind of changing that one practice made a big difference in terms of not having to go through and like secure all this stuff with HIPAA security level, you know, craziness and just kind of say like, okay, you can get your financial information without taking all this other stuff. Um, it's, you know, there's anecdotes like that, that are, are, uh, are important. But then I also think like, you know, I don't know how close a lot of other industries, their insurance providers are starting to, 
I don't want to say audit necessarily, but they're certainly asking questions about network security and cybersecurity, mm -hmm. right? Because they realize they're on the hook for it at some level, um, you know, depending on what they're, what insurance you're talking about. But I don't think we're too far off from, you know, say medical malpractice providers or, or other insurance providers, um, you know, doing some kind of nitty gritty, hey, show me what you have, show me what you're doing. Um, because they, you know, they don't want to be on the hook for for something that the practice is doing, you know, that that ultimately gets, you know, has a claim involved somehow. So right, well, I mean, they've got a responsibility. There's uh, yeah. at least a financial responsibility involved. So I'm, I can see how right. they would, you know, make sure that they're, they're yeah. good stewards of where they're they're sending people and who they they we're not supposed to use the word partner, but partner with. Right. Right? Who their providers are who they allow to be a provider on their panel. You know, all of this, when we talked about the security and how difficult it is, and by the way, if you're listening and you're not a doc, um, I promise you that your your owner docs you know, may, or may, not, may or may not like change, um, but we like not being audited or yeah. rather passing audits more than, yeah. than running into problems and not having it. So um, sometimes it's uh, it's important and, and you, know, you have my permission to uh, push onto them uh, what needs to happen. But uh, I was just thinking while we were, we were talking and listen, I was listening to you, no one else has my passcode to my iPhone. Right. No one has my passcode to my computer, and that's not a big deal. It's totally right. understood, and I've got a timeout. I think it's 30 seconds uh, consistently, but I don't take that same – or before working uh, with you and thinking all this, I didn't take that same mentality with everything at the office, um, which is, is – now looking back, is kind of funny and ironic that uh, – you know, we protect our, our social media a whole lot better than I protect. A lot of people protect their business assets. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think, you know, people, when it's personal, right, when it's your pictures and your apps and your social media or whatever, you know, people guard that stuff. And we, we mm -hmm. do need to do it with the practice piece. And it's not that difficult. There are a lot of tools that people just aren't aware of. I mean, you're talking about like the timeout you know, there's a tool that I've used where it hooks to your phone or your badge. And when you walk away from the computer and you get more than like two or three meters away, it locks the computer, right? Like there are tools that we can use to, to facilitate that, that aren't that expensive. I mean, I think like the fingerprint readers you bought, they're like 25 bucks, right? Or 30 bucks or something like that. So, I mean, you know, these aren't like thousand dollar solutions that, that we're talking about. They're very easy things no. that you can implement to kind of make those, those, those things more secure. And I think, you know, just another piece I wanted to highlight too, is like the, we always talk about like cybersecurity and that's, that is a piece of it. And it's certainly really important. There's also a piece of it that I just like to call like redundancy or business continuity management. It's the ability of like, you know, if a part of your business, if your connectivity goes down, if there's, you know, a disruption of some sort, how does your business continue to function? Um, and so it's really, you know, it's about building, not just more secure systems and more secure infrastructure, but also like more resilient so that if one of the things I do for a lot of, I'd say, um, you know, like surgery centers or larger practices is going in and saying like, how much revenue would you lose if you, you know, if Cox cut off for the day or Comcast or whoever mm -hmm. your connectivity provider is, if it went down, like, what would that cost you? And, you know, you talk to some of these surgery centers where they're churning through patients and there's just a lot of surgeries and it's very expensive and you got, you know, a dozen people kind of on staff for, you know, uh, a surgery, like it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and so they start yeah. thinking through like, Oh my God, you know, yeah, I'm paying for Cox and maybe I'm paying, you know, a couple grand a month or whatever, but 
is it redundant enough? Do I need to get another provider, you know, satellite provider, Starlink, whatever? Do I need to have some other way to get my connectivity to my EHR provider to, you know, to my other systems? And so it really, to me, it's about making your business as bulletproof as possible, right? And just mm -hmm. making sure that no matter what comes your way, it's limited in terms of how much it can hurt you and we can recover as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's hard to do, but once you get it in place, you know, when when those little speed bumps come up, you, the thing that used to drive you nuts where you have you lost internet for a day, now it's like a five or 10 minute thing, you know, we're over to the backup connection and your business continues to function and nobody notices that there's a, an issue, you know? Yeah. So, well, it's having yeah. a plan, right? It's, it's, it's not having a, a hope and prayer, but it's having a, right. uh, a, a plan that you're prepared for and you've got a strategy for, you hope it doesn't happen, but when it does, it's, you know what you're going to do and, uh, and whatnot. I've got uh, one last question for you. Um, yeah. Promethean one, what, yeah. where did that come from? What's the name? So it's funny, I, you know, when, again, when I was, when I started the company, I was really looking to, you know, kind of figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I, I've always, I've always loved uh, Greek mythology and uh, Prometheus is the, supposedly the god of IT, right? Like he's the guy who brought fire to the humans. He's like, he's the guy that like brings the tools in and says like, you know, here you go. And kind of yeah. the technology or the tools to go forward. And so I, I, I like that. I played with it a little bit. Um, and you know, it just kind of stuck and I've, I've enjoyed cool. kind of the, the metaphor there. So yeah, it's, you know, kind of random, but yeah. And I get, no, I like it. I think the, it's the, cool. The school board. I don't know if your kids, your kids have the Promethean boards in yes. school, right? So everybody assumes that I'm like the guy who goes around to the schools and fixes their, their whiteboards. <laughs> it's just kind the of whiteboards. But, yeah. Those are cool. I want one at some point. I know. Yeah. You can we'll uh, we'll play video. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love yeah. one behind me so I can just start drawing pictures when I'm doing calls and stuff. And, uh, yeah. Oh, you, you should know. get one in the office too. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I, yeah. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Dave. Well, I really appreciate you making time and, uh, Thanks get, for you know, allowing us to pull you away. Of course. Um, and congrats on the, uh, on the fish you caught earlier. Yeah. Um, Thanks so, so I'll have, yeah. uh, um, if somebody wants to reach out to your company, I'll have, uh, we'll have the links in the, the notes. Um, but I, I, think more than anything just helping us be aware of what we don't know is uh at least for me has been eye-opening and i wanted to share it no i appreciate it and hey i uh, lost my glasses so i need them tomorrow like, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding checks in the mail yeah okay um, <laughs> yeah so, awesome man cool. well have fun thanks, and uh, look forward to catching up when you uh, get back in town all right sounds good thanks, thanks.